Hi everyone, my name is Zahi Busiba. I'm the CEO and co-founder at Appsy, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. Uh, this is Paul Kemp. So what I do is uh, I really do try and inspire you, the listeners, the apps, the tribe. The whole show has been set up because we live interesting lives as app developers, as app entrepreneurs. And I've done many recordings from uh, Bali. Uh, and let me just give you a quick backstory of how this next guest came to be. Uh, I was on the show, The Eventual Millionaire with Jamie Tardy, uh, now Jamie Masters, and she introduced me to uh, this guest who uh, was going to be in Bali around the same time as I'm going to be there. Now, we're actually doing it from uh, two different parts of the world, but uh, I'm glad we got together because this is all about being a, an adventurous entrepreneur. I've got a coach who is actually coaching entrepreneurs to be adventurous. It's going to be a fascinating uh, show and episode, so please do stay tuned. L- let me introduce Emily Utter. Emily Utter, you can find out more from emilyutter.com. She is coaching for adventurous entrepreneurs. Emily, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. This is awesome. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Now, we were to, to meet up in Bali. It never happened because you've just come back uh, from a trip over there. Whereabouts were you, just out of interest? Yeah, I spent most of my time in Ubud and Changu, and I couldn't seem to tear my, myself away from either place. You know, they're two of my favorite places. In fact, I'm just about to leave to go to um, Changu and then Ubud. And, uh, and what is fascinating is there's uh, hundreds of entrepreneurs out there. Did you meet a lot of interesting people? Oh, my gosh. Every day my schedule was booked with, you know, coffee, yoga, you know, all different kinds of social dates with cool entrepreneurs that, you know, were either people I knew before or, you know, people I met through connections the way you and I met. And it was it was so cool. And I think the community is really, really growing over there. And the infrastructure to support entrepreneurs is growing. So yeah, I definitely, I spent pretty much every day hanging out with awesome entrepreneurs. Yeah, let me just get some of the apps to try to be excited here because Changu, for a start, you know, when I live there, I uh, get up in the morning at 5 a.m., uh, jump on a scooter, go for a surf for a couple of hours. It's got some amazing surf. Uh, there's the sun rises, uh, have a cup of coffee at uh, Monsieur Spoon, and then go and connect on the internet to some super fast broadband at the local hub and meet some great entrepreneurs, and then maybe have uh, some beers on the on the beach in the evening. It is absolutely paradise, and uh, it's just so undiscovered. Um, but uh, uh, comparing that to Ubud, which is very spiritual, lots of yoga, lots of meditation. Uh, I usually live near a monkey forest, and. Uh, uh, what are people missing if they haven't gone to check out Bali? Well, this may sound funny, but I got to say it's the food. I, For me, the food in Changu was just totally off the charts. And it really is those lifestyle things you're talking about because there is something that feels so free about waking up in the morning. For you, it's surfing. For me, it's yoga, doing our physical movement, you know, sitting down to some ridiculously delicious food, everything from total vegan raw all the way to the carnivore, which is the end that I'm on. And, you know, 
I grew up in Vermont, which is a state that has snow sometimes up to nine months of the year. And so for me to be somewhere hot where I can get, you know, good internet, good food, hang out with cool people, I honestly can hardly think of anything better. And for anyone who's kind of curious about what that lifestyle looks like, oh my gosh, Bali is really, I think it's the place to go for sure. It's also really affordable. So I think people who are kind of in the hustle earlier stage startups or, you know, newer coaches, for example, it's a great place to go because you can have an insane lifestyle there without having to spend a ton of money. Uh, that's that's right. So let's talk about what you do then, because this is fascinating. And I don't think I've come across too many coaches who coach entrepreneurs for adventurous lifestyles. Um, so let, let's start with what is it you do to help entrepreneurs, you know, have these adv adventures? Yeah, I love this question. Well, so here's the thing. Most of the clients that I work with right now fit in the category of coach, healer or consultant. And for the consultants, generally, they tend to be doing something great for the environment or something great for people because everybody I work with has a really purpose and mission driven company. So people come to me wanting to learn business strategy. Most of my clients, although this is shifting, are a little bit more early stage. So they're just excited to get their income stable and actually be able to have a great lifestyle. And one of the things that I include in every conversation around strategy for my clients is, okay, so how does this fit in to the lifestyle that you want to have? So not everyone that I work with wants to travel, although most of my clients do. Whenever we sit down and actually start to plan out you know, their launches or whatever they want to create in their business, the first question that I always ask them is, okay, so what's non-negotiable for you in your personal life, in your lifestyle? Because I came to this business because I just knew that I could not do the nine to five thing ever again. And I'd actually had a business before this one, but I went back and got a job. I ended up getting fired and it was like the best moment ever getting fired and walking out that door and knowing <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm ever going to have a boss again. And so, you know, I took that kind of pain point in my life, even though it was, I was seriously really happy when it happened. Um, I took that, that pain point moment and I realized that there were so many other people like me who were just fighting to get out of the nine to five and being told what to do and having to sit at a desk all day inside and all of that. And that's what really inspired me to create this company. So when you ask me how to coach my clients to be adventurous, I actually you know, there's, there's nothing in particular that I ask them to do, but what I do really invite them to do is look at how they can structure their business from the very beginning in such a way that they put their lifestyle first. And, you know, I see a lot of entrepreneurs who they start out and they burn themselves out because they're working so hard and they feel like they have to get to a certain point before they give themselves permission to have the lifestyle. And so I really want to turn that whole conversation on its head and say, you know, hello, remember why we're doing this? Because for lifestyle entrepreneurs, we didn't, you know, we didn't start our own business where so that we could have a shitty boss. That's actually us. So that's why I want to kind of flip the conversation for newer entrepreneurs who haven't been at this and, and really say, you can build your business around the lifestyle. So even details such as what time of day I run my mastermind calls is based on the fact that I tend to go to Southeast Asia twice a year. And so I'll actually, you know, not have to do a call at two in the morning because I've planned my entire business around that. I've planned my sales, um, 
periods around when I want to be traveling. My whole business, like, you know, goes on pause when I go to Burning Man. And like, those are the things that I decided were really important to me. And because I just freaking own it, I draw clients to me who want the same thing. So that's kind of a long-winded answer to what I do. But I just think it's so important for us to remember why we started this thing in the first place. Obviously, it's to make a difference. But I, I really believe we cannot make a real genuine difference if we're not taking care of ourselves first. Well, Emily, one of the reasons why I was so excited about getting you on is I absolutely believe that uh, it can be genuinely valuable to have guidance uh, when you're an early stage startup. Um, I'm personally yeah. celebrating 10 years of being boss free. And I tell you, it's been a, an up and down road. Uh, and I really, really wish I could go back and have more direction at the start because there is a, a transition from being that, that corporate, to, uh, you know, sort of employee to then, um, you know, doing your own thing and to have help, a mentor, advice, coaching to help you understand that it's not all, all about, you know, for me, it was about getting back to the level of income that I was on. And actually, uh, it took me a, a while to figure out, well, hey, I can just go and live anywhere in the world, you know, and mm -hmm. do this. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so what's the biggest mistakes then you feel like when people are making that transition from a corporate lifestyle to then being their own boss? Yeah, well, you just answered it. And that's trying to do it alone. I think that is the number one mistake that people make. And, you know, within the coaching industry, it's it's becoming a really big industry. And there's such a range of how quickly people get to a certain number. So some people could argue that I've built very slowly. Other people would say like, holy crap, how did you build your business so fast? So let's pretend that the people listening are in the latter camp and would look at me, um, you know, as having created a certain level of success only four years in. And it's because I chose to hire a coach on day zero. So I didn't even know what this coaching company was going to be. And I hired a coach and I feel like, you know, my, my choice to do that as well as my choice to actually be coachable and follow what my mentor asked of me is what allowed me to create the level of success that I see today and that I experience today. So I would say that's the number one mistake that people make in the beginning is thinking that they can figure it out on their own. And that actually connects in with another challenge that I see, which is I see um, not just a lack of focus, but I also see people focusing on the wrong things. So as you know, social media marketing has grown and we all see tons and tons and tons of ads in our Facebook feeds, it can be really easy to get caught up in, in thinking that we found the next silver bullet thing that's going to help us explode overnight. And any of us who've you know, built a business know that, you know, none of that is real and it does take work and it does take failure. Um, and so, you know, I think not choosing to just focus on a few strategies and seeing them all the way through, that's, that's another mistake that I see people making. So, you know, in terms of me and, and big mistakes that I would say I've made, um, you know, one of them really is, not giving myself permission in the beginning to really be in my personality. And that's something I've started to really speak and teach on a lot more, actually. Um, in the beginning, I didn't feel confident running my business from anywhere. And I actually felt like I had to keep it a secret because I created this judgment that it was irresponsible, um, that I couldn't responsibly run my country, my, my country, my company from another country. And I had to kind of 
like really get honest with myself about that. So there's so many different things that, that fit into this conversation, but you know, to boil it down, I would say, you know, the biggest mistakes people make are not investing in support, um, being unfocused and then not being freaking authentic to who they are, because it just, in my experience, and maybe you have something to say about this. Um, I, I just think it's so important that we authentically care about what we're creating and that we give ourselves permission to be self-expressed. Absolutely. I mean, we're coming out of a world that has been manufactured, is very uh, structured. Uh, the, the branding is is very um, organized. And, and to actually have authentic human beings uh, that we connect with, that, that's what a lot of people are seeking nowadays. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about your journey, because, uh, you know, the, one of the big challenges, I think, for the Appster tribe listening to this uh, podcast is that uh, it's actually sometimes quite challenging to make an income uh, uh, app selling apps, you know, in-app purchases and monetizing your app and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and so many of us do have expertise in the areas that we have uh, and move, want to move into coaching. Uh, I wondered, uh, in terms of your journey uh, coaching, uh, what's been your greatest uh, sort of marketing technique then for winning clients? Have you got any great tips on on something that you've found in terms of what the best way of winning clients yeah and this might surprise some people because the truth is i really hit my six my first six figures through mostly speaking and networking so if i look at the very first clients that i ever had it was almost all people that had some personal connection to me so it was you know i actually recently did this when i was in ubud i spoke at the co-working space there um, and I built some awesome relationships and it was just honestly the most fun speaking gig I've ever had. Um, but I would do the same thing out of the co-working space in San Francisco where I lived for many, many years. And it was through, you know, getting to know people. And then those people would tell other people about me. That's how I sold out my first programs and my private coaching was really through building relationships. So some people may see that as like, wait, that's not even really internet marketing or, you know, that's so, that's so old school. It's so grassroots. But the reality is, you know, there's no warmer lead for the coaching industry because, you know, people really have to trust you to choose to work with you. There's no warmer lead than, than somebody who either came through referral, somebody who knows you or somebody who's had the opportunity to be in your energy. So even the really big name, like huge multi-million dollar coaches, you'll see that they're actually still out speaking on stages. So that was really the thing that allowed me to, to really build out the stability of my income. So I would say for newbies, you know, if you've developed an expertise in a particular area, that would show me that you already have great connections and that there's people in your network right now who could be clients. So my very first clients came from LinkedIn. They came from people that I met at conferences. They came from people I met at networking events. And I was just bold enough, and this is the hard part, to actually put myself out there and make an offer. So, you know, for anyone who's thinking about going into that world, think about who do you know right now already who could either refer somebody to you or who do you know in your network who would actually be a great client for you based on your expertise. So that's definitely what my business looked like in the beginning. Um, and that's how I really built up my income um, you know, in the first, I would say year and a half or so from there, I actually did move into doing, you know, online list building. So I've built my email list, you know, to, it's not huge, but I do have several thousand people now that follow me and, and read what I put out there. 
And I did that actually through doing interview series um, where there was an opt-in to get to watch the interview. So, you know, that's added, you know, many thousand um, followers. Now I'm branching into Facebook ads and things like that. But in the beginning, I think the best strategy, because it costs very little or no money at all, is actually going out and speaking and networking and talking to people. You know, that's fascinating. In fact, you've picked up on one of the big themes of this podcast, Emily, which is networking, the importance of networking. And we often too, uh, we forget uh, that there is uh, real people out there uh, outside of the social media uh, that we tend to focus on. Uh, so uh, I want to try and in, in the, um, the last uh, few minutes we have uh, together, uh, I wouldn't mind steering this back to uh, adventurous lifestyles. And you work with many, many different people. And I wondered if there's any sort of really interesting um, client or anyone you could talk about who has a, a pretty compelling lifestyle of running a business, but doing some pretty awesome stuff in between. Uh, have you got any examples you can share with us? Yes, absolutely. So the first client that comes to mind is also a friend of mine. His name is Derek. And funny enough, he and I met a year ago in Ubud um, because another mutual friend of ours said, hey, you two have to meet. So we met at the Yoga Barn, which I'm sure you know the Yoga Barn. We met at Yoga Barn. Yoga we went Barn, to an yeah. awesome class with one of my favorite teachers who used to teach in San Francisco. And then we had lunch together and we just had this really cool conversation. And then several months later, he decided to join my adventurous entrepreneur mastermind. And Derek is a new dad. I think his baby is probably about five months now. I'm not sure. Um, but he's, you know, he's a new dad. So he and his partner and their son are traveling the world together. So since he started working with me, I, I can't even tell you how many places he's been. The ones that I can remember are that he's been in Mexico. He's been all over the U.S. Um, he's now in Croatia. In fact, the local news just did a story on them and their family and their alternative lifestyle, which is so cool. Um, and we do a fun thing in our Facebook group. We have a private Facebook group for the mastermind where people post a photo and then they, they say today's office. So they'll post pictures of where they are, where they're working from, whether it's by a pool, it's in a foreign country, it's an airport, wherever. It's just a fun thing that we do to keep track of each other. Um, but Derek's been all over the place. He's traveling the world this year with his partner, their kid. Um, and this is actually partly what he helps people with too. So he's also supporting people to grow businesses that they can run from anywhere. Um, you know, he travels with his bicycle and he goes on these crazy, he used to be a pro cyclist. So he'll go on these crazy, like 50, 60 mile bike rides and post photos of the, you know, wild horses and animals and like all kinds of cool stuff he's seeing. So he's really living the lifestyle. I have another client who she's just been in London. Um, and she just got back, I think today or yesterday from Japan where she took her son for, um, you know, a mama baby trip, not baby. He's, you know, I think he's about 12 years old, but you know, they're really doing it. And it's so like, for me, it's one of the most fun things. And it actually keeps me on my toes because when I see my clients traveling a lot, I'm like, dang, I got to catch up, you know, like it's time for my next trip when I see them just posting from all over the place. So it's cool, you know, and then I have clients where like their adventure is actually that they get to be home with their kids. So everyone has their different version of it, but it's, it's so fun to watch what they're up to. Yeah, because I want to you know, compare this to uh, when I was working in corporate finance and 
uh, you know, you would go, go to lots of different cities around the world, but you'd end up in an airport uh, and then the, the local hotel, uh, maybe a bar. You would see nothing of the local culture. You would not have any adventures. It would be very, very staged, very, you know, kind of cosmetic. And, uh, you know, now, uh, I mean, we're talking about going to... Um, uh, uh, the podcast is going to continue whilst we go and see the Komodo dragons in Indonesia and uh, go and live aboard a boat and all this sort of stuff. So uh, it, it's fascinating. And I do hope that uh, anyone listening uh, can be inspired. Um, what, what, uh, I guess, finally, what would be your advice then to get over one of the biggest hurdles, which is actually quitting, you know, and, and, and sort of saying goodbye to that safety net? What, uh, what advice would you have for anyone contemplating quitting their corporate career? Yeah, that's such a good question. Well, so the first thing I would ask anyone who's having that thought to consider is, what are you afraid will happen if you leave and something doesn't work out with the business? Because I think that's what really keeps people stuck is they they create this huge story around this worst case scenario. And so think of the worst case scenario and then ask yourself, what would you do if that happened? Because the reality is, you know, as much as I don't want to ever have to go get a job, I know how to get a job. And if I had to go get a job and something happened with my business and exploded or, you know, whatever, some horrible thing happens that I'm not anticipating, I know that I'd be able to figure it out. And so it's almost like you have to remind yourself how powerful you are, who you are, that you've already created success in your life and that, you know, the, the business is just the next adventure. So that's what I would have people consider is, what will you regret more? Will you regret trying it and having it just completely fail? Or will you regret never knowing what you could have created? Because, you know, I'm sure every single person that you speak to, Paul, could tell you a story of failure. You know, anyone who's created any level of success can share with you, you know, a happy story as well as one that really, really hurt and was painful and that they weren't sure they were going to recover from. We all have those stories. And for me, when it's funny when I got fired because I had actually decided that I was going to quit, but I didn't know how to quit. And so I just was kind of sitting on it and I ended up getting fired, which was so perfect. So I didn't have to take that step of quitting. Um, but I just knew that I wasn't going to be satisfied if I didn't try. And so I think it's just, it's a question to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? And are you willing to take the risk for the possible reward, which I say often, Paul, I feel like I am in this secret society. Like I feel like having a location independent business that actually brings in great money. I feel like I'm in the secret society of life. Life can be so amazing over here. If only you try, you know, try to make it happen. You know, and I think sometimes we often forget what it is like to go back to a, a, a corporate job. I'm tempted to go back to an office for a few weeks to just remind myself uh, how how uh, bad it can be <laughs> in terms of having a very narrow uh, outlook on life. Uh, you, you're right. Absolutely. This has been fascinating. Absolutely lovely. So uh, one of the things then is how, how can people best reach out to you, Emily? What, what is the best way of, of getting in touch? Yeah, I think the easiest way is to just check out my website, you can hit the contact me button. So that's emilyutter.com and that's with T's. Um, I'd also love for you to find me on Facebook, Emily Utter. That's a fun way to connect. So yeah, those are the two easiest ways to find me. 
Yeah, and that's Emily Atta, uh, E-M-I-L-Y-U-T-T-E-R.com, emilyatta.com. Wonderful. Emily, thanks very much for coming on and sharing, uh, you know, these wonderful journeys of your clients and uh, your success as well. Wish you all the best and thanks for coming on the App Guide podcast. Thank you so much, Paul. This was a blast. I really appreciate you inviting me.